Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Kings of Anglia fan social, where town fans have their say on all things going on at Portman Road. And here we are. We're so close to the big kickoff. Oh, it's finally here. Fans are back in the stadium. And this is the fan social preview show. I'm joined by five fine gentlemen. The the men that I've been able to have great company with during the pandemic, in the lockdowns and all that sort of stuff. And I cannot wait to see them all in person. Um, I'm joined this week by Segs, Dazza, Tom, John Watson and good old Dan to talk all things town for the coming season. First of all, I'm going to introduce a man that I haven't spoken to and haven't seen for a while. And that is good old Thomas Seggins, Mr. Game Day himself, wearing a very beautiful pink goalkeeping kit. It looks sexy. Seggs, welcome back. And um, how excited are you for this season? Very, very excited. First season back with fans, finally allowed back inside. Um, I can't wait buzzing for that. Um, I think Saturday is when life comes back for me. So, um, yeah, buzzing really. And yeah, it's, it looks even sexy for me in it, doesn't it? So, <laughs> Your words, not mine, but uh, yeah, pretty, pretty nice. I like it. Uh, but good to have you back, my friend. And up next, I'm going to go over to Dazza, who I met in person for the very first time. It was a pleasure. Um, we lost against Crystal Palace, but that doesn't care. It was just a nice day out. And I also met your son as well. Although yeah. I've forgotten his name, so I'm so sorry for your son. Oh, no, it's Lewis, isn't it? It's Lewis? Yes, it is. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Oh, he'll, he'll love that. He'll love that that you remembered. We, which we were actually talking about you earlier. But um, oh. yeah, it was nice to meet you. And um, uh, we met with uh, Matt and David, the other sort of another two members of the KOA posse, as you call us. Um, so uh, yeah, it's always great to meet people in person. Um, you, you've actually triggered me to start dieting since you took those photos of me standing sideways. And I realized how how my my uh, lockdown stomach has has grown and uh, i've started training and everything off the back of that photo so i'm uh, going to get back in shape and uh, yeah soon to be announced as uh, coming out of retirement maybe we'll see we'll see but yeah buzzing loving ready for the season now love it and to be fair you did post those photos so maybe that's maybe not the best thing sometimes it needs a more of natural look but it was great to snap some pictures yeah. of you guys in the stands. And I'm going to go over to a man who is, um, well, in another country, in Wales. I think he's in <laughs> Wales. That's right. But it's good old Tom Baines, who's got, also got another beautiful beard as well, um, challenging me. Although John Watson, I'll get onto him in a minute, but he's challenging us as well with a nice beard. It looks good on you, my friend. But Tom, welcome back to the show. And I think the nickname has to be Bainesley. I think Tom is sometimes a boring name. We've got so many Toms on here, or Thomases. So Bainesley is your nickname. And welcome to the show, my friend. How excited are you for the season? Yeah, I, I can't remember going into a season feeling this this good or, or this excited um, in, a, in a very, very long time. So, yeah, what a fantastic time to be an Ipswich fan. We absolutely deserve to feel like this going into a season. So, yeah, can't wait for Saturday. Can't wait for, for the season to start properly. And if you're watching us on video, you'll see all the beautiful kits that everyone are wearing. Of course, you're wearing the the white, fresh white um, away kit, which, of course, for some reason, we played in it on Saturday in the preseason friendly against Millwall. But I think it's because it just got put on general sale and also, yeah, people to buy it. So um, it looked good, though. I liked it in person. Um, we already mentioned his name, and it is good old John Watson. He's back, the leader of the Northern Battalion, John Watson, friend of the show, of course. Welcome to the show, and I cannot wait to meet you 
in the north for the away games. Um, John. Hello. It's great to be back. Thanks for having me on, as always, Ross. Good to see you all, fellas. And uh, like everybody else, looking forward to the season. Like, uh, it seems ages since the season finished. And because it's been such an exciting time, being a town fan, to have, like, exciting players linked with us and actually sign good players and everything that's positive coming out of the club at the moment. You just want to be part of that. So uh, Saturday can't come soon enough unfortunately i can't make the first game but i'm hoping to be there for the next three or four after that so um yeah looking forward to the season ahead and um really exciting um this time of the year though it's always really easy to be optimistic or even the best the, the most um pessimistic person can find optimism before the season starts but i think we've got something to be really pleased about this year and uh yeah, can't wait for it to all start happening. But if it doesn't go according to plan straight away, I'm not going to worry because I think like we're on a good thing here. We've got incapable hands. So, yeah, lovely to be back. Lovely to be part of it. I've just gone for the new uh, home shirt, Ross. Um, it's a little bit snug, this one. So perhaps I need to follow uh, Darren's lead and uh, make sure I, I, I get going a little bit and get fit before I come down in person to see a Portman Road or some away games as well. Love it. And uh, the final man joining us, and another man that I met in person for the very first time uh, for the Millwall game. I met his sons as well, although one of his sons is a Fulham fan. We'll get into that another time. But Dan, uh, welcome back to the show. Um, how good was it to be at Portland? I know I spoke to you for game day, but how good it was. And um, yeah, let's get ready to rumble. It was great. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, sorry about my son being a Fulham fan of. I've contacted the NSPCC about that, so we'll see how that goes. But yeah, no, great to be back. For those listening to this, I'm the only person not wearing an Ipswich kit. I've decided to come dressed as a postman. But, um, but anyway, I'm here, and um, it's good, isn't it? Is this the best summer ever as an Ipswich fan that I can remember? Where, where can it all go wrong? Well, yeah, off the pitch, it's been all exciting, but on the pitch, we haven't yet seen what can happen. But uh, Morecambe this Saturday is going to be amazing, and I cannot wait to get started. So, this is a very different preview show to normal. Um, of course, on the main pod, which was fantastic. I'm not being biased because I was on it, but it was great. Uh, all the standards questions were answered. But today, I've given the floor, I've opened the floor to all the KOA Potty members, the lads who are not able to join us and also the lads who are with us tonight. Uh, also, a little um, thing as well, you'll be watching us on YouTube as well. So, guys, I didn't say this, I thought I'd just let you surprise you. This will also go out on YouTube, so we'll, people will actually see your faces. So, um, smile, look good, and let's get into the first question. Now, the first question is from good old Ben, Ben Diaf, or Ben Def as I used to say. And his question is a standard, you know, preview to a season. Who do the lads think will be the top goal scorer, scorer, goal scorer, whatever. So um, put your hand up if you want to answer this. Once again, I'll open the floor. Dazza, over to you. I think you are muted, my friend. <laughs> Okay, you can dock me points for that. That's fine. Yeah. Um, I th I've got a sneaky feeling that Norwood is going to be our top scorer. I think I know there's a lot of attention to Piggott and um, McCauley, but I I just think uh, Norwood is the last season and a half 
he hasn't been fit. He was only fit for the first few months of the first season, and he scored whatever he scored, you know, six and eight games or, or whatever. I can't remember the exact number. And then since then, he hasn't been fit. So um, he looks fit to me when, I'm, when we saw him at Palace. So, yeah, I think um, I think Norwood's going to be top scorer. How many goals? Let's go for 20. Let's, you've got to have the 20-goal yeah. mark, haven't you? 20 goals, okay. Norwood, done. Okay. Anybody um, agreeing with that? Or, or Yeah, Dan? Yeah, it's interesting what Darren just said then. There's a lot of talk about Piggott and Bond, but Nord, he's such a totemic character at Ipswich. You know, he's always involved in some way or not. And if if he finally gets a service, I think I think he could I think he can hit a few. It's gonna be really, really interesting how Cook plays the if we play four, two, three, one, who he's gonna play up front. And you know, last week against Millwall, he played uh, Bond up top with Piggott behind, and Norwood looked in good spirits. He looked fitter than I've ever seen him. He was smiling. He was taking photos. He was. He looked in a good way. It'd be really interesting to see. But I've got a sneaky feeling it could be Norwood or possibly Connor Chaplin. Oh, um, because he's. You know, we'll, we'll see, but. I think he's a really good attacking threat chaplain. It just all depends. I, I think it all depends on who he's going to make the main man up top. And that's going to be a fascinating decision against Morecambe, I think, looking for that one. Have you got the numbers? The numbers? Yeah, how many, how many got to score? <laughs> oh, the numbers I'm going... Uh, OK, I'll go... Um, I'll go Norwood 17, top score. OK. Okay. Do you know what? I'm just going to let you all answer this. So, Segs, over to you, and then we'll go to Bainesy, and then we'll go to good old John Watson to end it. I I was going to say something not related, but not actually answer the question properly, but I'll say um, Piggott probably. But I actually think we won't get 20 goals a striker this season just because we've got so many. So, I think if he's going to share it about, like, he may do. Um, unless we get an injury, maybe if, if Norwood isn't fully fit the whole season, then he's obviously we've got that. That, that share of the load disappears. So, you know, if they all, can all, fit, they all stay fit throughout the season, I think we're going to struggle to get 20 goals a season striker, um, which is a good thing to have, though, to be fair. If they all get 17, 18, 15, whatever, then, you know, we're, we're on course for that 100, 100 goals, just need 100 points as well. <laughs> Over to you, Bainsey. Um, are you agreeing with that? Or do you feel Piggott's going to be the man? He's going to do what he did at Wimbledon. He's got the great service now. He'll um, definitely get there. I still think Piggott will be top scorer just because he's come off the back of a really good season and form for a striker and confidence is a massive thing. Um, but I think this this could be a really good season for Norwood. Um, he feeds off others in terms of um, confidence and stuff as, as well. And I think a new change of scenery, some new players, he's going to have great service. I think this could be the year where he... Um, he sort of has his best kind of goal scoring record since since the time he's been here. He's, he's had a few problems injury wise. Um, you know, there's been the criticism of him on one on ones and not being as clinical. And I think having a new team and others around him will um, will benefit him. But what an what an amazing front, you know, amazing choice to have. Macaulay Bond, Championship experience, Joe Piggott coming off a fantastic season in Norwood, who's scored lots of lots of goals at this level. So I I agree with Segs. I think we might not necessarily see 20 goals, but there's so much attacking potency up front. I think we'll be absolutely <laughs> fine. 
I also think with the service that we've got this year, Piggott's going to be one of the best signings we've made, I think, because there's, there's a lot of potential there. Because the squad number, sorry, the squad numbers as well, I guess, is an interesting point, isn't it? Because you've got Jackson is number nine. His, his situation is interesting. You know, is he going to be part of Cook's plans? Probably not. So will someone else get that, that number nine? That will be a, a pivotal pivotal moment. Obviously, you don't want to read too much into to squad numbers, but that might be a, a reasonable indicator of his future and who he sees as, as that, that number nine. Of course, it'd be great if they dropped the squad numbers tonight while we're live on doing the the, the podcast. But I don't think it's going to happen. It probably happened Friday evening or happened on Saturday morning. Go, oh, here's the squad numbers, by the way. Oh, it could happen. We'll just find out on the day when they put the lineup out. We'll, we'll wait and see on that. We'll be on the program. <laughs> yeah, pro. Yeah, reason Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, reason to buy it. Um, well, John Watson, you've heard from all the guys. Piggott, um, Norwood's been mentioned. Chaplin. Who, who are you going for? Piggott, 21 goals. I'm going to have a great season. Um, I think it's great that we're going to have Norwood chomping at the bit, which is going to bring out the best in Piggott because Piggott will want to keep his place. I can't see too many games when they both start. I can see them both maybe playing within uh, uh, the same game, either a sub for each other or uh, Norwood coming on. But I think when Norwood comes on, I think he's going to be really fired up, isn't he? He's going to want to do well. And it's, you know, with all due respect to strikers we had at the club last year in the formation we tried to play, you know, Jackson in a different system may have done better like he did in the previous season. But, you know, Drizzy and uh, um, Big Ollie and didn't push, yeah, didn't push Norwood the way these guys are going to do you know you've got macaulay bond you've got um piggott and norwood himself there's three good good strikers at this level we're not talking about we're just talking league one level here i think piggott's going to be the man i think he'll get 21 and i think norwood will probably get something like 14 or 15 and he'll he'll be like i'm not saying a super sub but i think he'll he'll be chomping at the bit and anytime the game's quiet He'll come on. And the last thing a defender wants, you know, nobody likes playing against pace, but nobody likes playing against aggression or kind of, he gets under people's skin, doesn't he? He makes things tick. He, he wants to be around. So I think when he comes on, he'll make a huge impact and he'll probably start a fair few games as well. Um, but pick it for me, 21 goals. Okay, then. Well, let's move on to away days now i know a lot of people have been missing these um of of missing john and away day up in north so the question is which away days are you most looking forward to this season of course there's going to be so many new grounds for people to go to um actually wimbledon plow lane um I'm, I'm trying to think of all of them but i can't be asked so um let's move on i want to go over to segs first because i know he loves his away days um what's the one when you saw the fixtures and you were able to say yep i want to go to that i want to go to that now it seems we at the moment I won't want to jinx it, but we are going to be going to away days, which is was very much up in the air when the fixtures came out. We we're thinking, oh, fans can be allowed, but it seems like it's going to be. So um, you've got a, a lot of choices. Um, what are you going for? God. This is from Liam, by the way, this question. Sorry. I hadn't really given this one much thought, really. Um, I like sun in the way. I'm looking forward to drilling away, especially it's Boxing Day. Be a first away game I go to as a, as a husband. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so um, looking forward to that, especially the... Uh, the bouncy 
horrible temporary scaffolded stand. Um, I hope it doesn't rain that day, which it probably will, considering it's Boxing Day. Um, yeah, there's one or two new grounds as well, Wimbledon one, especially after going to the, um, where were they before? The uh, oh. Kings, Me- was Kings Meadow? K- Kings Meadow, yeah, yeah which is going, a very small ground. <laughs> yeah, so going to that after, just before you know, COVID struck and how tight that we were in and some of the views that people had. Luckily, I was okay, but some people I know struggled to see and it was a bit of a waste of money, but um, well, the game was pretty dire anyway. But um, so I'm looking forward to going to their new ground and, and yeah, um, I'm trying to remember all the grounds we've got to go to, really. Um, so the Northwest ones, I like going to the Northwest. I feel like uh, Morecambe would be an interesting one if we go. Uh, so, yeah. Um, Okay. Well, um, I'll let Dazza sort of take the lead here and also Bainesy and John, sorry, um, because all three of you are probably away game. Oh, maybe even Dan, because you live in London, I know. So away days are probably the ones you're going to be able to go to more often. So Dazza, take take the lead here. Yeah. What are the ones you're looking forward to? I'm sure there's going to be some grounds that you may be returning to anyway, but you just you love those sort of away days. Yeah. I mean, it's always fun uh, and interesting to go to sort of smaller grounds, you know, that who, you know, traditional league two, league one clubs. And, you know, I went to Rochdale away a couple of seasons ago. That was a, you know, an interesting little ground. Um, but for me, the toss up of this season would be between Sheffield Wednesday. Um, Cause they have an amazing um, roast pork um, bap shop um, just outside the stadium. And obviously it's a, you know, a very historical stadium as well. Uh, and Sunderland. I haven't been to Sunderland before, and I'll, I'll probably, hopefully, get to see John while I'm up there. So that will probably that's probably just tip the balance, seeing the King of the North, um, <laughs> and going and going to the ground that uh, obviously I've only seen on on Match of the Day and uh, what was that program called on Netflix? The um, what was it oh, called? Sunderland till I die. Sunderland yeah. till I well, yeah. How can awesome. I not forget that? Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I'll be looking forward to go to that ground and, um, you know, say, meet up with the King. Definitely. And um, Bainesy then, what's on your, your radar? And um, we're speaking off air. I'm sorry to steal your thunder here, but Cheltenham Town is one of them. That'll be the first time Town have ever played at Cheltenham's new ground. I think we played them once before in the 30s, so none of us was alive. But it'll be a great little trip down Cheltenham, although it's a Tuesday night, which is a bit of a balls up, but it is what it is. I've lost a few. I've lost um, Bristol, which is obviously very, very, very close to me. So, poor old Bristol Rovers, they've gone. Swindon would have also been a very close one for me. So, geography's not on my side this year. But, yeah, Cheltenham would be the first one for me Tuesday night. I've managed con- to convince my uh, my wife to come with me. She's got a pretty good record. Uh, one all in the East Anglian Derby and then the 5-3 um, opener a few years ago against Barnsley. So, Hopefully we can get a result. I've I've been there before. I've I watched County play a very boring nil nil draw with there, but yeah, it's a nice 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 stadium, nice place. Obviously, Cheltenham probably have um, spot of lunch there before dinner or something. Very nice city, and then Ox, Oxford for me probably as well. Another just nice nice day out. I can probably convince my father in law to come with me. The the misses my mother in law as well. They can do shopping or whatever. So yeah, I guess my. Uh, the reasons for me going is more who I can convince to come or who I can convince to drive rather than, oh, I'm actually looking forward to that one. So maybe maybe Plymouth. But I'm also looking forward to a, a couple of um, women's team or uh, Ipswich ladies games because they're a lot closer. Keensham's really close and 
and Cardiff City obviously right on my doorstep. So, so yeah, those are the ones I'll be I'll be looking forward to just for geography, really. Definitely. And uh, well, John, you've got uh, a lot of picks, haven't you? So take it away. <laughs> well, well, for me, it's great. Um, obviously, I've got Donny because that's uh, where I live. Um, so that's an away game for you guys, but it's my home game in the sense of it's three miles from my house. So Watson Towers will be open for all the KOA boys that day. Um, the pies and pints will be on me, I think. Um, always look forward to going home to Sunderland. Um, I'll catch up with some friends while I'm up there. And there's nothing better than beating the Mackhams. Um, growing up in Sunderland, um, getting grief all my life from um, all my mates up there. Um, it's a good ground to go to. Um, it's a good, good day out. Um, so I'm looking forward to those. I, I've always I've enjoyed in the last couple of years going to Fleetwood and Accrington, that kind of northwest area. Had some success there and some good days out there. But no, had some great days out of Bolton as well. And for me, I've got Chef Wed, Rotherham, Lincoln, Donny, all within half an hour's drive for me. So this season away games for me, there's some nice easy ones. But Sunderland, because that's where I'm from, um, it's always a good. Good to go and stick one over your hometown. Sorry, I just unmuted myself there. So sorry for the delay. Um, Dan, over to you then to finish off the away days. Um, someone was it Segs? I think you missed, mentioned Morecambe, or was it Darren who mentioned Morecambe? Someone mentioned Morecambe. Uh, yeah, Segs. Um, which yeah, that that will be interesting. We've never been there before. Um, I know we played them twice in the FA Cup, but that'll be an interesting one. Along Morecambe, Fleetwood. Accrington, oh, they're going to be horrible, but they'll be. Say, I think Mor- Morecambe and Accrington are within a week of each other, aren't they? It's Saturday yeah. and Saturday, two oh. Northwest, two Saturdays in a row. Yeah, they're. I'll say stay up there, but it's probably not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> should have been, should have been County. I would have had an away day in ten minutes walking distance. Yeah, you got, you got, you, we got, we got face in the cup, although it's. Uh, at home, thankfully, on a Tuesday night. But um, Dan, over to you then. Finish off. Yeah. Um, what's the ones that standing out for you? Are, are you looking forward to Plough Lane? Uh, yeah, go, go to the new, go to the new Don's ground. That, that'd be good. Um, for me, I love a, I love a, a midweek game under the lights. Um, and I've pinpointed Charlton away on the basis that. We'll take two and a half thousand. It's a Tuesday night in December. Oof. They're a promotion rival. Drinking all afternoon, singing all evening, and I can get the tube home in 20 minutes. I'm, I'm always interested in everyone's winter ground close strategy. Now, maybe I'm just a bit anal and OCD about these things, but I don't like being cold. So, and I, and I, I will be wearing clothes. Yeah, but it's always amazed me. I've I've been because I live near to Stoke. I've been to Stoke away lots of times, and in December, February, when the weather's cold, wet, damp, you know the typical, you know, uh, Stoke on a Tuesday night type weather, and I'll be there in thermals. I'm layered up. I'm I'm prepared. Right waterproof coats and then i look to my right and there's some young couple just in their shirts that is it no coats nothing and i'm freeze i don't know how people do it but um maybe maybe it's you hard northerners as well john as well is it is that kind of standard because i mean the newcastle fans are famous for just 
stripping off, aren't they? And if you've never been out in Newcastle on a Saturday night in December or January, you don't <laughs> no. realise just how little clothing is needed to live because. No. When the orange washes off in in the rain and you just see blue skin <laughs> tone, the colour of their shirt, um, yeah, it's a mess up there. But I'm the same. Maybe it's a sign of getting older, Darren. You know, Maybe. Layers. You know, layers. Don't lose too much weight in the fitness regime because a bit of extra padding, maybe that helps. That's true. That's true. And the beards help as well. Yes, and more hair. Just more hair helps, definitely, in the winter time. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, um, we'll move on to the next question. And the next question is from good old David. He's currently enjoying his trip in Cornwall, although he normally likes to be in France at this time of year. But um, for obvious reasons, which we won't get into, so I'm sure that will upset him. His question is um, change, changing up a little bit from the season ahead. It's actually talking about the, the current players. And um, as Dan brought up drinking, it's time to bring this up. Which three members of the squad are you choosing to go out Go out and get rat ass with and why? And Bainsey was straight on it, so um, put your hand up. All of you guys can get involved. If you don't want to, don't worry about it, but Bainsey, go ahead. I don't need three. I only need two, and it'll be the two Czech, Czech goalkeepers. Um, I've been to Prague twice. It's a very, uh, it's a fantastic city. History, culture, architecture, um, but there's also a number of pub crawls as well. Um, the well-known one uh, ending up in a seven-story mega club, which I presume is still in existence, called Kazovsky Lane, I think it is. There's an ice ice, uh, ice bar on the bottom, all different kinds of music. Beer is cheaper than water. They've got proper absinthe. So I would uh, I'd take the two two Czech lads. Two Czech lads would go in Prague, have a great time. Great answer. Um, yeah, Johnny Watson. I would choose Norwood, Holy, and Toto. Don't know the new lads well enough yet, clearly, but we feel a bit of connection to some of the remaining people. I would choose Holy because he would just smile at my jokes because he smiles at me. He seems such a happy go lucky kind of guy. And he would just be like, I'll buy a pen and go, Oh, life's brilliant. I've got a pint. It'll be really. <laughs> he won't bring the mood down, will he? And I reckon Toto would be a really fascinating kind of character to be around. Um, and Norwood, I would just think he would be good banter. I'm, I wouldn't want to be on the wrong side of Norwood, I don't think. But equally, I might get some of the, 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 the real dirt on the squad and what actually happened under Lambert and all the nitty-gritty kind of stuff out from um, the past. But yeah, Norwood, holy, holy in Toto for me. Well... Go ahead, six. I just I only got one really. That's Norwood because he buys pictures all night. Judging by that photo last week. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, Dan, take it away. Yeah, I, th- I think it, I just kind of connected to David's question was the the pictures of the team out in Ipswich bonding after the Millwall defeat, um, and I actually like the fact that they were playing table tennis in the back room. Of probably one of the roughest pubs in Ipswich, which I think is a you know it's quite a, quite a laudable thing for team bonding. I quite like that. I would like to probably go out drinking with the person that could handle their drink the least, because um, I think that would be quite amusing. And you know, and I think that could be Thomas Holy. I think he's a big lad, and I think he's got wobbly legs, and I think he'd be a, he'd be a great laugh. And uh, I think Thomas Holy would be good on a night out. And I think, yeah, Toto as well. Get, surround yourself with the big lads and see how long they last. 
Yeah, no one's messing you with your Toto with you, is he? Well, yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, you're getting yeah. no trouble. You're getting no trouble at all. Yeah, There's I mean, a lot, I, lot of, um, a lot of, lot of um, Thomas Holy fans here, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, carry a few points as well with fans like that. He's easily going to be able to what four or five probably with his chasing. <laughs> <his wits. laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean. Me personally, I'm a total lightweight. So for me to go out and get ratars of people, it would we'd all be in bed by eight thirty. So um, we, I'd, I'd probably rather go out and play golf with people than go out ratars. So uh, whoever plays golf, I'd love to go out with. Uh, I'd like to get to know uh, Hladki. Um, just I'd like just like to look at him and just you know get some magic and off his hands. You know, just just stare into his eyes for a few hours. That'd be nice. Um, <laughs> And and say, uh, and I'm saying I'm sure uh, I'm sure uh, Nors would be full of uh, full of some stories. So he'd he'd be fun, I think. And he's a pretty decent golfer by the looks of it from his Instagram feed. So um, yeah, we'll skip the drinking bit because I'm in the lightweight, and uh, we'll go out and play golf. Fair play. Well, um, I thought this would be a perfect way to then segue into the next question, which is actually from Dan. Um, so we are going to ignore the rules. So I was just going to do all the other posse members, but I thought let's bring in Dan's question. And it's um, on, would you rather go for a night out down the pub with Paul Cook and his backroom staff or a few bottles of wine and a meal with the US owners in a fancy restaurant? Of course, they're they're paying. Surely the the new owners are paying. I don't know if Paul Cook will be paying. I don't know if you'll have to get involved and pay. But um, who? There's a scouser, so he probably won't pay. But let's assume it's paid for. But yeah, Dan... As is your question, take it away. It, uh, I, I think what's quite interesting at Ipswich, when I look at everything that's going on, I quite like it. There's this kind of upstairs, downstairs thing, isn't there? There's kind of the kind of scouse lads at the bottom, the kind of playing, the, you know, the management staff and Jeffers and Cook and the oh, they lads, and they're down the bottom. And then you've got this Mark Ashton, who's quite suave and a brilliant communicator. And then obviously the American guys, and then you've got this kind of Bristol City element in there as well, haven't you? The, the physio guys. I gotta say, I'm impressed with all of them. I just I am a bit of a Paul Cook fan. I every time he speaks, I think he speaks a lot of sense. And I think he just he, he you know, I just I personally just think uh it'd be it'd be quite a good laugh, him and him and that lot to go go down the pub with. But um uh, I, I just think he's, a, he's, he's clearly a man manager. He, clearly, he doesn't take any rubbish, um, and I think and I think he's someone that you could talk about football all night with. Um, so my my probably my choice would be Cook, but over to you guys. Well, John, take it away. <laughs> you knob. <laughs> it's, a tough one. it's a tough one that uh, because as Dan rightly said um, they all seem like really good guys don't they in their own way like the down to earth proper football guys to the kind of you know I, I would love to sit and chat to Ashton for a while I think he's a, a fascinating guy but if I had to choose just one person out of the whole lot it would be um, Brett I really would love to sit and have a conversation with him. I've really warmed to him. I, I think he's a fascinating guy. And 
Um, so I would go for the fancy dinner. Maybe I, I'm changing. What's going on? I never would have said that years ago. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll go out with the American guys. I would love to have a be see how much is behind the actual franchise, if you like, the, the kind of the corporate, which is really personable corporate, but actually see if that's who they are. And I'm sure it is because they just seem genuine. Um, but I'd love to get to know them more and just chat about life as well as football because I think if I was with Cook or any of the backroom staff, it would be football-orientated conversation, whereas I think, you know, you might have a, a wider conversation with Brett. I think he's a infectious character. I would really love to spend time with him. What are you eating? What are you ordering? Ooh. Um, I, obviously, Jaffa Cakes, if you were there, Ross, you know, and, and Squashies. Um, um, do you know what? I would order just a damn good steak, really good steak, and a few nice salad bits inside, and some nice chips or fries, whatever you want to call them. But just just classic, simple, well-cooked steak with those guys, I think. We'll love, yeah, steak and a few pints or a glass of red or two. That would be good. Of course, they're paying. Um, over to you, Bainsey. Yeah, I'm I'm a bit of a food snob, I think. So I think Paul Cook and me would probably be lost in, uh, lost in translation. So I'll, I'll uh, go for a nice meal with the Americans. Michelin-style restaurants are on my bucket list, as is uh, Wagyu steak. But I'd probably go to um, a type of restaurant which isn't really seen much over here. I have a bit of hibachi with, uh, with the American owners. Bit of uh, shrimp flying about, frying about, flying about. Um, you know, nice Japanese food, a bit of sake. Happy days, I think we'd, we'd have great, great conversation. So, yeah, the Americans for me, sorry, sorry, Paul. I think I'd struggle to probably understand you and, and vice versa. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd mix it up a little bit. I'd go out for a meal with Paul Cook because I, I think he's a guy that shares my appetite. So, um, I think we'd have a really good meal, something dirty, like, you know, like a TGI's American style, stack it high, triple burger with uh, some ribs on the side and coconut prawns and it, that sort of stuff, you know, and we'd have a good old chat about football. Again, skip the beers. Going down the pub is, is never, never my happy place. But um, yeah, give me in a, get me in front of a big pile of very tasty food. I'm a happy man. Mm. And um, well, sex to finish it off. Uh, what are you going for? Are you, you going to be a bit different as well? Uh, I'd go pub with Paul Cook and his backroom staff. I think um, I've been a fan of Paul Cook for a while. You know, one first choice when we had Lambert here still, so I was very happy when he came in. Um, and yeah, it'd be especially after a game. So I sit with him, and then you can hear his multiple voice changes. So you know, you know, it's, it's worth it for that, to be honest. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like he's doing, yeah. Just to hear him, he's fascinating when he speaks. I, I, my girls love it. I, I, I play every time he does it. I just say, listen to the first 20 seconds. They won't let me listen, play a full interview, but within the first 20 seconds, and they just howl that his voice has changed. So his voice changes so much. He's brilliant. Okay. The thing is, I'd give, I'd give Francis a hard time just because of when he's here on loan and. Kind of. Let's not get into it. Let's not get into <laughs> sex. Let's not get into it. We just, let's, we just, let's not get into that. Oh. 
Let it go, Segs. Let it yeah. go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He should have signed though. I think he, he probably regrets it as well. We should have signed permanently, but he went for the money. Um, but let's go and next do the next question. Um, we're going to go a little bit more serious here, but talk about the stadium. Um, of course, the Cobalt Stand, which is looking fantastic. I'm sure um, you guys, um, Dazza and Dan, I'm sure, sure when you saw it, when you went there, I'm sure Segs, I'm sure you've you've gone down near Portland Road. So, no, you haven't seen it. Okay. Um, but this just pictures. <laughs> it's good, oh. but I'd, I'd rather see it on the day. I don't yeah, understand the point. Just you know, see it with every, all the fans there. It looks so much better than just oh, an empty street. <laughs> fair play, fair play. Um, this is a question from Bloomers. Um, what is the one improvement you're desperate to have to Portman Road? That hasn't happened yet, of course. With um, Mark Ashton said a lot of different things. Just the simple things they've sorted out. Just cleaning the seats has been one of the massive things, but. Um, once again, I'll open the floor to all of you. If you don't want to answer, then just yeah. But if you've um, anybody in particular want to start yeah. this off, the, the only thing um, I mean, there's a few things around which, but I'm not. I think some of it's been done. Think things like the wooden shutter doors that go through the um, uh, what's it, turnstiles. They were like rotten, and all the paint was peeling off. But I think they've been painted now. The one thing I did notice is our scaffolding thing. The white metal frame that stands at the end of the north stand and and it's not churchman's anymore whatever the new, new name for churchman's is it they're all like green and covered in bird you know the seagull muck so um yeah clean that off but also I, I, i'd say i don't go to many home games um but it would just be good if that whole fan zone area could just be alive with different food vendors and <laughs> i know i keep coming back to food all the time it's not like you know food is uh part of but the food you know this uh it just adds to an atmosphere and really i'm hoping that the american influence um because the the pre-game in the states is bigger than the actual game itself so maybe some of the things can come across and uh some big attendances at Portman Road and we can just get a real buzz and, and, uh, you know, um, accommodate and uh, everything for all of the, the people that are, that are coming along. Mm. And of course, one of the big improvements is going to be getting a modern pitch. Cause I don't think we've actually got a proper modern, modern pitch. Um, anybody else want to take this question or should we move on? I'd like to just quickly, I'd like, I used to stand in, you know, the bit between the away fans and the churchmans, that little kind of quadrant in the corner behind the corner flag. That mm. feels a bit redundant. It's a bit like no that's, man's land. That's the only original bit of the terrace they've got, so they won't get yeah. rid of that. Yeah, but okay, well, it, it's just like, then wouldn't that be great to have safe standing there then? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, safe, yeah, safe standing is something that's on the on the list of considerations, isn't it? I think that would be welcome. I think most Dipswich fans, certainly maybe not, you know, people in the, uh, well, whatever the names of the stage. I keep, I, I'm struggling with the new names of all the stay in stands now. Cause I'm still in the eighties in my head. So um, yeah, but uh, yeah, I certainly think um, North stand, there'll be a, a big demand for safe standing there. Definitely. And um, John, I saw you put your hand up and then we'll yeah. move into the next question. I just think that behind the tunnel area, I know it's been mentioned by Ashton as, as, as well, but like sometimes when you see interviews, like even um, during COVID times when um, you were taking photos, Ross, or Stu and Andy were doing their post-match um, discussions about the game, you see some of the kind of 
I don't know, little wooden hut, the white wooden framed hut somewhere. It looks really shabby. It's just those kind of the corner areas of the stands particularly look a bit tired, I suppose. Um, but, you know, it's like me talking about somebody else's home because I, I still feel like I'm a visitor to somebody else's home. Like, I've followed Ipswich for, you know, 35 years, but I've been away more away games than I've been to home games. So it's a weird thing. I'm not everybody's excited about portman road but it, it's i don't know it as well as some guys so i, I feel like i shouldn't be telling somebody how to decorate their house when i don't visit enough <laughs> okay well um we'll move on to the next question and it's sort of a joint question from alex and brad's and it's about the fan base um are they going to be patient enough for things to click? You know, how long does Cook get before he get? You know, he's under pressure. Um, say if we start slow and we're not, you know, we're, we're mid-table and you know it's not clicked yet. How long do you think the owners will give him? Will they fire straight away, or will they just give him time? Uh, Bainsey, I'll start with you as you put your hand up. I think the absolute minimum you have to give him is is the season. Um, I can't see a her situation where things are. A catastrophically bad where you know action had to be taken a lot lot sooner than traditionally we've given managers but I think you have to give him the season with with that amount of, of player turnover it's not going to happen instantly I think we've been very lucky with the fixtures in that most of them are newly promoted sides um, a kind start will, will help that and you know even when perhaps we're not playing well we might be able to get get a few points here and there, but I, I think you've got to give them the, the year. If it comes to the end of the year and, and nothing's happened, it's clearly not working. And that's the time to reassess. But I think any less than that would be unfair on him and unfair on the, the amount of turnover that's, that's that's gone on. And as well, you've got January as well, another another transfer window as well. I think you're going to need additions then. You know, the, the last time we went up, you know, the, the January recruitment was was crucial so i think you have to give him that as a as an as an absolute minimum but he is going to be under pressure you know re reasonably quickly you know because of how much we spent and the club we are and stuff but yeah we shall see okay well um i'll open the floor I'll just shout when you want to talk i feel it's time for me just to go back a bit relax and let you take the floor because i feel like i'm just saying your names and shouting out so i'm sure the listeners are getting annoyed at that now so um if you want to speak after someone's finished take it away and i'll jump in with the next question um dan i'll um, yeah, that's the last time i'll say um let's face it there are going to be members of our fan base that if we don't beat morecambe they're going to be criticizing cook that is the work and, and, and i'm not one of them obviously but that is the world we live in, right? If we don't beat Morecambe, people are going to be moaning about Cook. He's probably got the best job in the Football League, Paul Cook. He's at a big club with loads of money building his own team. It's a fantastic job. But if... And it's really interesting what Tom said, that actually on paper, we've got a really, on paper, good start... However, it will probably be the hardest part of the season will be the first couple of months in a lot of ways. I, If we're outside the playoffs by Christmas, Cook will be under pressure. He just will. And 
Yeah, that, that's my personal view. But I, you know, I, I, I beginning to feel it switch that I just, I just put my tin hat on sometimes because it's ridiculous some of the expectations. And this season, for however excited I am, the expectations are going to be through the roof. So he does yeah. need to start fairly well, but you know he needs to be up there before Christmas, I'd say. Or yeah, I think Dan, I, I, I think you're totally right. I mean, there are people moaning about us losing to Millwall in a friendly. It, you know, it's ridiculous. You know, so Tom's spot on as well. I think I don't think he'll be under pressure from the owners uh, and Mark Ashley mm. if you know if by Christmas we're, Mark we're not Ashley. there. Uh, sorry sorry <laughs> Ashley. oh no <laughs> mark ashton apologies mark um yeah it, if by the end of this season he's not made it in the playoffs then fine but there'll be there will definitely be some you know some naive idiotic fans out there who we don't beat War- morecambe whatever then that'll be that Paul Cook's crap, the squad are crap. It's this is disaster. So um, you know, most of those probably won't even go to games. They'll just sit at home moaning on their keyboard. But um, yeah, I, I mean, it, what was Lincoln's record last season? You know, Lincoln did a similar thing, built a whole new squad, and I, I don't think they won a game, did they? For like five, six, seven games, something like that. And then Blackpool. they made you know, yeah, Blackpool, yeah, Blackpool, Blackpool. yeah. We 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 played. At their place, and we played the best we Slaughter played all them. last season, and we slaughtered yeah. them. We took our yeah. chances, and everything went our way. But yeah. you, you wouldn't have put them about finishing no. us. No, no, no. Us at that point, Peter, would you? Peter yeah, and so, so Peterborough from the season four is another example. We went to Peterborough, drew two two, got lucky to get. That we did get lucky to get a point, but they weren't nothing special. They brought a load. You know, they did a lot of turnover. Brought an Ivan Tony in. I can't remember who else they brought in at that, you know, at that point. But then they come to us in January and turn us over four one. I think for anybody who's had a lot of time following town for proper, even if it's just for three or four seasons and you've lived through some disappointments like we all have, you know, especially if you're talking 10, 20, 30 years, you, you, you get a little bit more level. You, you're optimistic and you're upbeat and you know we're onto a good thing and things are looking bright, but there's no, nothing one in September, I know it's a cliche, but it's absolutely true. You know, um, I think it'll be under pressure come Christmas if we're not in the top half, if we're below top eight. But realistically, if we're starting to gel and there's signs, I think the general fan base, not the small minority who will jump on bandwagon straight away, but the vast majority of people are willing to give him time because if they see a style of football that yeah. is trying to create more going forward and you know everybody remembers Newcastle under Keegan you know um when they were just trying to score outscore teams and you'd forgive them for getting beaten some games because you know that was going to happen um I think Ipswich fans will give him time I think as long as we're seeing progress and in the right direction don't get me wrong I want us to finish in the top two like all fans do I expect it? No. Do I want it? Yes. Do I hope? Yes. But realistically, he's got a full season. He has to. You don't change that many players and give them three or four year contracts. And we're all pleased with the vast majority of signings. There's a couple for me that I'm 
don't know enough about like penny being the obvious one i don't know if he's gonna be good enough but that's not to say he isn't um but he's brought in some good people and you listen to the evans interview um the other day evans is saying he brings out the best young people he's he's brought all these characters together we have to give him time because he's brought the people he wants so why would we pull the trigger before he has had chance so for me i don't think it will even come to this but he has to have a full season and i hope it's a really successful season um but yeah. given the full season for sure and it's also interesting that um we're a club that gives managers time the only one that really didn't get time was Hurst. And that's because there was no style of play, really. That was a lot of it was that downfall was you weren't really seeing anything coming out at all. What's what I really like, and this is probably born out of the fact that we've got a bit of money to spend and we're not looking at loans and free transfers, is the fact that all the players we're bringing in are of an age where they're going to develop and they're on three years. And it's for what it almost feels like as a club, it's a different kind of model that we might be able to sell these guys, you know, we develop these guys and sell them on, whether Cook's with us or not. Hopefully Cook is on the journey, but we've got these players in for three years. And, you know, we can do, we, we've got a bit of protection with the funds, but as a model, it feels like a club, it's definitely the best way to go. For yeah, to me, to me, it feels a bit like the, Bur the start of the Burley era, where we yeah. were just building and we were getting players in their prime who hadn't, you know, were not appreciated at the Premier League clubs that they were at and they got released and we just bought in good players all in their prime and um, built and built and built and that was a great squad. So it this feels like that now because too much under the Evans era, we were either bringing in Lee Bowyer and, uh, you know, all these old dudes who were just, you know, coming in for one last hurrah. Um and it, it was never part, growing anything, was it? It was just trying to like that's try and get promoted this year, and it, it, we weren't building anything. Because now we've got we've got football people running it, which yeah, yeah. The big difference is we have now got a club. Our club is run by people who know about football, and I won't, you know, for all Marcus Evans's faults, his departure was he kind of left us in a good way, and he funded us for ten years, but he wasn't a football person, and he didn't appoint the right football people, and we didn't keep up to speed with the football industry. And suddenly, over this summer, it feels like we've got people who know how to run a football club. But yeah, I mean, Mark, I think Mark Ashton, certainly, he's already shown the, the players we're signing. You know, I know I know we have money to spend, for sure, but we because we've sold, we've got a million for Dizel, um, you know, roughly half a million for... Uh, what's his name, the young lad um, who's gone to Norwich? Um, Gibbs, yeah. Um, you know, we haven't had money for anyone for a long time. Not that we've had any proper decent players, I think, but um, Mark Ashton's come in, got great deals. You know, Rakeem, the dream, as uh, as Mark says. Um, you know, what, we pay half a million or something for him. And that's, um, you know, what we got for Gibbs. So, that's a good swap, in my opinion. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you're right. It's for more football people. And Mike O'Leary, I mean, I'd, I could listen to him for many, many hours. I, I would buy, I'm hoping he does an audio book. And if he can, I would listen to that and just relax, just shut my eyes and just, and just listen to him just explain something to me. That would be great. 
that would be great. He's, 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 yeah, he's a great chairman type figure. Yeah. He, said, he didn't he say that last week. He said, which I thought was interesting, and the last person I heard speak like that with Burley was if we lose the first four, we're not going to panic. And if we're top of the league after the first four, we're not going to get ahead of ourselves. And it kind of feels if you've got the chairman saying that, I know it's easy to say, but I genuinely do believe that. I genuinely do believe that they're going to give Cook a bit of time. But we all look at the table every week. And with the transfer win, you know, everyone knows that when transfer windows come up, that, that's the time where it gets a bit. Well, that, uh, you know, the t- that's the other thing about the previous re- regime. I'm not going to say his name, but we, you know, there were times last season where we were second, but we hated watching us play, you know, so you couldn't, you know, the facts were there. We were in, we were in a great place in the league, but we were awful. <laughs> we were awful. Plasting it round the back four for 85 minutes, you know, and um, the biggest thing this season for me, though, Darren, like, has to be the fact that the players want to play for Cook because he's brought them to the club. You know, yeah. massive difference. You know, whether some of the players didn't give the role or it was the wrong system or that they didn't fit in, whatever it was, the 10. Other players he's brought who he's brought in, and people like Dobra who's earned his place, and KVY and Norwood who have kept and, and Wolfie um, and Toto. You know, they've earned their space in his squad. They're going to give their all to him. Whereas, can we really say that last year's team gave their all to Lambert? No, can you really say that they gave them all, they're all to Cook? It it didn't show, did it? In fact, their bounce under um, Cook was really disappointing. I think it took us by surprise. So I think we all expected Cook to get a little bit more out of them. But he said, okay, you're not willing to do that. These guys who I'm going to bring in are, and they're going to give more for him. So, you know, there, there won't be a question of losing the dressing room. There won't be a question of... Uh, players not wanting to play for him, which is massive at a football club. You know, in any line of work, if you go in and you've got people who are obstructive, that's challenging. But the, the hierarchy you've gone, no, we're going to make it, we're going to get it right for you, Mr. Cook. You're going to have all the tools. We'll sort out all this. You get the players that you... And he's been able to pick the guys he wants. And he's that's done it. it. He's done it. He's done it. That's the other great thing. Like, come on, he's he, he done this twice. He did it with, you know, Wigan. Wigan. Wigan let in 30 goals in 46 go- I mean, that's what I'm, you know, he's done it. He knows when it when we lose, when we don't win four, you know, when we don't win in four games, he'll know how to keep the dressing room safe. You know, yep. if, we're, if he, that's going to be one of the great, the greatest things. And he, he he's done it. And a lot of managers in that league, because it's going to be, it's the most competitive league one I've seen. It's league bonkers, league. isn't it? It's bonkers. It's mad. There's, there's about yeah. 10 clubs that think they can go up. Yeah. Well, 10. probably tw- probably 20. Yeah. They'll yeah. all think that. Yeah. yeah the, the, we all start the season thinking we're going to do it, don't we? So, um, yeah. but yeah, they're size of the clubs now. Sunderland. What we got? Sunderland, Sheffield Wednesday, Hull. That's oh, my friend. <laughs> oh, they went up. Sorry. Ignore that. <laughs> Not Hull. <laughs> Rotherham, Rotherham, who are my tips to win it, but there's a yeah, there's a lot of things. Yeah, big clubs, big clubs. But we've got a manager that's done it. 
Yeah, that's the one difference we've got, and you know, we you know we we've got to remember that, and I, and I hopefully you know, and but you know, I'm not one of these happy clappers that it, you know we got we do need results, and we I think John's point we need to start we need a style of play. I mean, I, I will never be shouting for a manager to be sacked during the game because I think that's completely counterproductive and pointless. Maybe do it in the pub afterwards or whatever, but but. He, he does need he does need to be really interested in these first four games because on paper they're winnable. And I think one of the months you've got is an absolute, you know, we've got like Lincoln, Pompey, Sunderland and Charlton. Cool. You know, we kind of, it'd be great if the team was gelling by then. Then if we, we're in the top six before we play them, then happy days. Wow. Okay, then. Well, um, I want to try to get this done in an hour and a half, and we're gone over an hour now. Um, but always great chat. I'm sure everyone enjoyed listening to that. Um, Segs, do you want to say anything else, or should we move on to the next question? Yeah, I, well, all been said really, but I just think everyone needs to remember that it's a marathon, not a sprint. We've got exciting times ahead. We've got a you know, few decent players in. We've finally out that rut where we thought these players were good enough, but perhaps they weren't for whatever reason, or they weren't playing for the manager. You know, there's different times now. We've got fans back. Um, if we lose the first four games, we lose four games. It's, it's nothing to worry about because I think, like I say, it's a marathon. And once they click, I think it will be special. I'm not saying it'll be top two, but I, I truly believe this season will be exciting for us. Um, and if it's not, then something seriously wrong at this club. <laughs> yes. Well, well said, my friend. Now, next is a question from James, and it's sort of linked to what we've been chatting about, but it's about the squad. Um, and this is the question. Does the current ITFC squad have enough leaders in it, considering all the turnover the players from last year? Um, it looks like Lee Evans is pr pretty much going to be the captain this year, but I'm sure there could be other candidates there. Uh, who would like to take the lead on this question? And, um, yeah, go ahead. Dazzle. Yeah, I mean... Um... It's always good to see games in the flesh rather than what's on TV because you then get you get to see those discussions off the ball. You know, when the ball's gone out for a throw-in and normally on TV it's panning someone in the crowd eating a pie. It's my food reference again. You can tell I'm dieting. Um, then, um, you, you, you know, at Crystal Palace the other day, we got Ryan Fraser was constantly like... Scott Fraser. See, I, this is I've, I've got I'm terrible with names, so this is going to take me a while. Apologies, Scott Fraser. Um, he was constantly geeing people up, you know, off the ball, you know, congratulating people. The uh, Hladley was constantly, you know, talking to his defence and having, a, you know, and Toto and Wolfie and you know, getting them all going and talking off the ball and telling them what they should have done. And um, I think there's a lot of leaders now. I didn't get to see Lee Evans, but everything I've heard about him is that, you know, he's, he's uh, stamped on kind of captain drive everyone on type of person. So um, I think we've got, we got a load of players, you know, Edmondson, we haven't seen how he plays. Hopefully he's a vocal centre half and not, uh, not mute, but um, no, I think we've got, I think cookies bought in winners. I think, you know, he's, he's got in a lot of people that he's bought, uh, worked with at other clubs, lots of other players who've been successful at other clubs. And um, and they're all winners, and um, you know that's even if you're not shouting and screaming at you know at the opposition. If you're taking responsibility and getting on the ball and trying to beat your man, if you're a forward player, then you know that's leadership as well. So no, I think we've got a, it's in the light and day, night and day. What the fuck, Jesus? Yeah. This is water. This is not vodka. <laughs> so night and day compared to last season when you know it was. Uh, 
they played most games like a friendly. And last season, we it, it, all I'll say on this is that Lord, Chambers was that classic alpha male leader, wasn't he? He was the chest pumping, chest, you know, chest beating, fist pumping alpha male leader who almost saw it as part of his job to be a leader. And it would be actually, it could, with him and potentially Scoo's gone and all of that dressing room leadership gone, it might be time for some new lads to come through now. It, I feel like it's time. I know he's laid back, but I'd like to see Luke Wolfenden possibly in his, you know, as a centre-back, show a bit of, Yep. something and, it, and without maybe chambers now there could be a few lads coming through that take it on themselves you know because you don't have to that's not you sometimes you kind of leadership is it you can lead by just your work rate and your example and your encouragement to the players and um maybe it's time for a, i think evan yeah evans is like that kind of has that strut and he plays in the centre of the pitch, and he's got to win those battles. You know, he's he's a key player. He's, he seems like an obvious leader, but I think, you know, all over the pitch now, it's time for some lads to come through. I, th- I think probably that uh, Evans seems, and I'm not saying he's anywhere near as good. I hope he ends up being as good for us, but he's a bit like Matt Holland, isn't he? He's that kind of leads by example, does everything well. Um, he's not necessarily going to be as vocal as some captains i still think there's possibly possibly a room for that kind of big rugged center half still to come in as a fourth center half you know i still think we're looking for for somebody um but as as darren said you can lead in different ways and leadership is in different ways and i think somebody like kvy will lead in the sense of his willingness to work i think you know you've got enough different characters in there i think dobra has got leadership about him in the sense of he won't be scared to say give me the ball i want to have a go i think harper from what i've read i haven't seen him enough yet um will want the ball and command the ball that's leadership not being jim mcjilton was like that no matter what was happening in the game he wanted the ball you know that is leadership. yeah i've never seen anyone that compares to the level of intensity that that jim had he is absolutely demanding every second of a game. He's just amazing. It must have been a nightmare to be his teammate. Can you imagine? But yeah, the, the, he set standards. That's for sure. And he did it in training as well, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and, yeah. You know, we want someone like to drag everyone along to to be that. Don't be afraid. You know, we shouldn't be afraid. We need people that are not going to be afraid. That we want the ball. We want to pass the ball. Especially at Portman Road, we just got yeah. to be fly- we've got to be flying at teams. Even when they're sitting back, we need someone like a Norwood and Evans. Like, right, come on, keep going, push up the pitch. You know, that's what we need. That's what we've lacked, I think, for quite a while. Yeah, I, I think you don't even you don't even necessarily need lots of leaders. You know, Evans is, is looking like the the captain, even if he he orchestrates everything. Just people being vocal and being positive and being encouraged. And I think it's better to have players like that than a lot of people who all want want to be captain or all want to be a leader. Just let one person orchestrate it and, you know, just, just be, be positive and, and be, be vocal. I think the criticism of us in, in past years is we've been very quiet. And I think Wolfenden as well, especially, he's coming to a very critical point in his, his career, especially at centre-back. He should definitely be, be more vocal at, 
at the heart of that defence. And it'll be interesting to see who else we bring in, whether it is a more experienced centre-half, you know, compared to the likes of Edmondson, who is a bit bit younger. But, yeah, just more more vocal players and, and more positivity. I I think that's all we need. We don't, don't need loads of leaders, but I, see, I'm, I might be completely wrong, but that's, that's what I reckon. Mm, okay, um, and Segs, I'm going to sort of link up this question to actually your question as well. Um, but just have your say on the leadership thing, and then we'll bring in your question. Um, so yeah, take it away. So I think Norwood would be a good sort of leader up front if when he plays. You know, he always wants the ball. He's quite commanding as well. So I think in terms of Norwood and when he plays stuff, he'll he'll add to that dimension to it. Um, if he plays much, I mean, you know, we still that fitness issue with him, but he, you know, he looks fit at the moment. So um, yeah, I think. You know, in terms of leaders, it's, it's, it's all been said. Um, yeah, we've got Evans as captain, just see where it goes. I think um, I like the idea of having a midfielder as captain again, to be honest, sort of like in the middle of middle of it all. Um, never really like a striker as captain, so you know, defenders you know, sees it all. So for me, it's either a midfielder or a defender, so to see a midfielder back as captain is a, a good choice. Um, and obviously, Cook trusts him to be his man. And going forward, I, I have no problems with that. Um, we'll see where we go. Okay, so um, let's bring six questions in then, and this is what he wants to open the floor to, and I'll let you um, take this as well, Seg, in terms of you pick your player, but um, there we go, Paul Cook alluded to the fact that he's fully aware that some players he's let go could prove him wrong, who, if any, is mo- most likely to do this. So, Seg, take the floor, um, choose your player if you've got any. Yeah, it's just, I, you know, I saw it, I think it was this week he said that, wasn't it? Well, the past few days he said he's, he's fully aware that some players might, you know, show that actually they, he made the wrong choice but um i fully agree that it was time for them to go um we were all stuck in a rut we all know that it was time for a change when the owners came in um and we've done that with all these new signings and the amount of players that we've got rid of um in terms of one i think that's going to perhaps prove him wrong will be bishop i think um i think he'll do quite well at lincoln um he needs a fresh start somewhere different to actually you know start playing properly start getting his you know perhaps his love for the game back um but for me, I think Bishop will be the player that sort of proves Cook wrong and perhaps say, yeah, you should have kept me. Um, I know our midfield is, is looking quite strong at the moment with the signings we've made, but um, Bishop's one for me. You know, he's, he's been here a while. It, it was time for him to go, perhaps, in terms of you know, he needs a change. But And, it, you know, the mentality of him had been part of the club for so long. I mean, especially with the, like we had last year. Because we, that kind of mentality needed to go, and I'm glad it has. So... Yeah, in terms of my question, I think it would be Bishop. I agree. I agree with you as well. I think Bishop's telling because obviously the rest of them who went generally went, you know, below us with the exception of of Dizel going to to QPR. Um, I think for a team like Lincoln, who are very smart with recruitment and very data driven as well, I think he could definitely be one that comes back to, to bite us. And then the only one. Other one I can think of maybe is, is Lancaster, just because of his his age. Potential is incredibly difficult to judge. You know, it's it's what the, the general argument on on Twitter was regarding regarding Gibbs. I think I said it as well. It's difficult to judge the the potential of player and what could have been when perhaps they they've not been in the side consistently. But I think we saw flashes of him. We saw flashes of talent. Obviously, a, a very significant back injury is. You know, prevented him from having um, a long, a long spell within a team. He's probably one that could have benefited from that that loan spell in in January. Was it Salford were were interested, 
what what could have been with him if he just had a decent spell in League Two, maybe proved himself. Maybe Cook would have a different opinion, but he's the only other one I can see potentially biting us. But yeah, with the rest, it was it was the right the right time for him to to go for me. I think um, Dizel will do well at QPR. I think he will do well at QPR. I think he's the type of player that he'll get a bit more time in the ball. He'll be playing in a Mark Warburton team. He won't be asked to defend. And in the champion, I think Dizel is a decent player, a good player that just wasn't right for Ipswich. He's played a full season. He hasn't got injured. Bishop, for me, he's just he's made a paper. He, he just he can't he, he won't be playing 46 games. That might come back and bite me, but I can't see Bishop contributing over a season. Dizel in the right team, I think he's a good player and um to all intents and purposes, he's settled in really well there. And um, I hope he does really well. I think I, does I think, well. I think the Zell was right for Ipswich, just not a League One Paul Lambert Ipswich. I think if it championship, if he'd have come through, if he hadn't got injured under Mick like he did as well, which set him back, I feel like he'd have, would have seen much better off him than what we have done. But yeah. the fact that we got relegated didn't help his cause at all. Um, yeah, true. If, if we'd have stayed in championship and he progressed with us there, we'd probably be talking about something different. I still think Downs is the player who will come back and improve us whenever. I didn't say he had. What I was saying is, I still think Downs will be, <laughs> will be the player who comes back to make us at some point because I don't quite know what's gone on there. You know, over the last few weeks, people have been kind of saying on Twitter and, and chats that. He, there's something wrong with the people who were uh, uh, giving him advice and, and advising them, and maybe he hasn't shown the right attitude. And I really can't comment on that, but he's the only player who I think I'm disappointed hasn't seized the opportunity. You know, quite a few of us have said, Why wouldn't you want to be part of this? I think it was uh, Matt or Bono tweeted that out just the other day. Um, you know why wouldn't you and maybe he does maybe it's too late to show cook that he wants to be that but i think whenever he does move on and to wherever he goes if he gets his attitude right presumably because it's not right but i hope hope it is for him because i think he has a bright future you know he's, he's better than a league one under 23 player let's be fair because i i thought uh our first year in League One, he was our standout player by a million miles. By a million miles. There's nobody close to him. Like in our squad, in an underperforming team, he was our best player that first year. Um, yeah. So I think whilst I hear what people are saying, Dizelle, you know, I've always had uh, splinters at my backside talking about Dizelle because I kind of like part of what he does. I just don't think he's an all-round midfielder. And would he get in, would he get above Harper or Evans in the Cook team? Absolutely not. So it's right for him to move on. And a good luck to him. I wish him no ill whatsoever. I hope he has a fantastic career. But I do think when Down does eventually go and gets to the right club, he potentially will be the player who will perform better than anybody else who's left. I wish that with Downs something happens where he stays an Ipswich player, but because of what John's just said and because at the age of 23, you don't get many spiky midfielders like Downs. He's got something about him. 
He's not your typical kind of player, and he's a good. But it's you know what all I've heard is he's been a fundamental breakdown, and he wants to go. And he just he's he's a London boy. He's got family there, and he just he wants to go. Palace have turned his head. I can kind of understand what Cook's doing by basically saying, if you don't want to be with us, then you're not with us. But I would love somewhere down the line, either either Downs to kind of become aware and speak to Cook, or maybe behind the scenes, Cook having a little chat with Downs because he's such an asset in League One, even if it's just for this season. You know, even if we can, if no one comes in for him by August 31st and we've got Downs on the bench, because if Harper or Evans gets injured at the moment, no, uh, Nolan's not fully fit yet, and Downs is a perfect replacement for Evans or Harper, and they're not going to play 46 games. And I just feel like he's a brilliant asset for us. And if we can just say to him, give it your best shot, get us up into the championship, and we'll talk again in the summer. It just feels such a waste to get rid of Downs. But I can, you know, if he's going to cook and saying, mate, I don't, sorry. I don't want to be with you. What would you do? Mm. All right. Well, jog on then. If, if you if you're genuinely not in in for it, it's a shame. Yeah. It's a shame that's come to this, and it is all down to bad advice. I'm sure it's agents and advisors. That's up. I, I, I thought you were going to segue into yours, but no, I'm not happy now. Go, carry on. <laughs> no, no, I've got nothing to add to that. Really, oh. I mean, it's oh, say. Okay. <laughs> no, I don't think most of the player. I mean, Dazelle, I'm, I'm, I love Dazelle, I, but I don't really think we let him go because you know they, we got a million quid for him, and I think that triggered his release cause and all that. I think it, maybe it's you know all the the, the likes of um, Lancaster and and people like that. You know, they're the ones. Will will they in three or four years' time be ripping up the league? And we think, oh, do you remember when he used to play for us? But um, the majority of them, I don't think, are going to. I think League One is probably what they've shown so far. Maybe once they've got out of the bubble of Ipswich Town, you know, someone like Bishop, for example, has been there since a kid. He might get out. Perhaps the facilities and everything aren't as amazing as Ipswich. Perhaps he's not surrounded with everyone telling him how amazing he is and full of his uh, schoolhood friends who worship him because he's a, a professional footballer. And he has to now go and prove himself, you know, so... All of us, whatever work, you know, work of life you're in, you know, sometimes you all need to get a bit of a kick up the butt and a reset and remind ourselves, you know, to do the right things and and get out of the bad habits that we might have fallen into. So, um, yeah, good luck to all the players. Good luck to all of them. And um, yeah, but yeah, we're now right. focused on our players now. Yeah, Don't care about yeah, them anymore. Yeah, yeah. But then, of course, as Seg said, that's what Paul Cook he alluded to, saying, you know, he's fully aware. Those players could prove him wrong, and we'll wait and see on that. I'm sure we'll be following them. Bishop will return. Um, Lancaster mm. will probably return if he's not injured. Mm. Um, let's take a look at Harvey's question. Um, I'm going to try our best to whip through all the rest of the questions. Um, so next question is on actually Cook and the youngsters. Um, so should Cook be criticised if a youngster doesn't break through this season? Although I think a lot of them will probably play on the Papa John's trophy. Although I don't count that as a debut. I know it's a competition for just, I, oh, I'm, I'm just going to stop. But or do we have a look at the bigger picture and understand getting out of League One with players that know the league takes priority? Um, Johnny, go ahead. Big picture. End of. Yeah. This is about getting out of this division. Yeah. Bring the youngsters through, coach them. 
by all means, for the team this year is about trying to get out of the league one. That's it. Big picture. Yeah. yeah. John's the ideal the ideal place for, for them to play a bit of competitive football. Obviously under twenty threes is, is not proper football, but the Papa John's is, is a you know is, is a competitive trophy and a lot of teams do do take it seriously and I think it's an ideal place for them to be. I completely agree with John. It's, it's no time for, for youngsters to be chucked into this situation. We need players who can do it right here, right now. We haven't got time to, to wait for anyone. The ironic thing is, though, I think Gibbs would have been the most likely to break through, and he's, he's not going to break through in the Premier League. So, no, 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 no. I mean, the one thing that hasn't been happening a lot over recent years, and maybe that's a reflection of the calibre of player that we've had in the in the under 18s and under 23s, is not many of our youngsters have gone out on loan, not really. And um, we saw to Wolf, you know, Wolfie, what a massive, massive benefit that was for Wolford and to go out to Swindon for a whole season, I think. And then he stepped straight into our first team and looked composed, ready. Um, I think he was probably better that first season than he was last season, uh, you know, ironically enough. Yeah, Downs Downs went out on loan uh, and they've all come back. Yeah, so playing under 23s is not competitive. It doesn't doesn't mean anything. It's, it's It's an exercise game, whereas you get out there in front of crowds and, you know, tackles that matter, goals that matter, mistakes, you know, then you, you learn a lot more, I think. So, um, uh, yeah, no, I'm not, I'd be happier that some of our younger players were on loan somewhere else and played a lot. So they're ready to come back to us than try and build. This isn't the year for us to try and build a squad around youngsters. I think Simpson you know, will have a good yeah. season and in Swindon. I think he'll come back looking stronger and a better striker than what he was at the moment for us. Like, Trees. He, was never, he was never going to break. Yeah. It was never going to break through this season for us anyway. No, so no, no, get no. Up, and, and get, get him some experience and actually get him some time mm. playing in the league and see what he can do. Yeah. And I think Mark Ashton has spoken about getting that loan system right, getting some yeah. of our players out, and that's yeah. right. You, I think they're talking about. Cooks talked about a smaller squad, hasn't he? And yeah. I think Ashton is alluded to having a smaller intake potentially with smaller yeah. players. We're getting them proper game time, getting them proper loans. So you're managing less people, but doing it more successfully. Um, perhaps that's the way to go. Um, you know, yeah, it has to be about getting out of the division, though. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Get the youth, get the youth boys playing in the end. Get the under 18s populating the under 23s. So they're playing against men-ish, five, four years older than them, and then do lots of loans like Therese Simpson, Bailey Clements, Corey and Darba. Get them playing men's football, proper loan manager, proper clubs. And if they're not getting picked, bring them back. And then, you know, recall them if we need to. But it's it's not Cook's job to bring three youngsters, in my view. It's his job is to get us promoted. Well, we can't be asking if he should be under pressure by um, by November if he's not succeeding, if we're asking him to bring through three or four youngsters. Yeah. If, if we're putting the pressure on him to be successful, then what are we basing success on? Success is about getting out of the division, so we shouldn't even be talking about it. Yeah. I think the players, yeah. the players he's brought in are a long-term vision as well. Even Macaulay Bond, if we get promoted, I can't see us not signing him. So, you know, I think it's a, the, the vision at the moment is long-term, so the, we've got to get used to these players because they're going to be here for a while. Yeah, yeah, That's, they're all in their prime. Yeah, it's, this, is the, this is the face of Ipswich Town now, and mm-hmm. whether the youngsters like it or not, they've got to deal with it because this is, you know, this is our team, and yeah. we need to get... Promoted and start, you know, pushing up the leagues again. 
Mm, wow, perfect way to end it. As John said, big picture, big picture. Um, now, let's get into a question from Tom Bainsey. Um, and also maybe, John, I'm going to maybe link up both your questions because it's sort of similar. Um, so the question is from Tom. This is, if you could give a players a short message, piece of advice for the season ahead, what would it be? And then John's question is, what would you most like to ask Paul Cook? So you can answer both of these questions. Um, but yes, who would like to take? Oh, Tom, t- you take the lead on this um, as it's your question. Also, John, you you follow suit. I think for me, obviously, this season is going to be like no other, and especially for us fans coming back, Portman Road looking fantastic, the positivity and enthusiasm that's around the club at the moment. I think my my message to the players would be just just enjoy it. Enjoy being in the spotlight. Enjoy having a support behind you because, you know, I think this season is going to be absolutely magical and there's so many players that go throughout their career with with nothingness, just treading water and no promotions or anything. But to be part of a side that is, you know, one of the favourites to be to be on for promotion, I think, can only be a good thing. So yeah, my message then was just enjoy it, live live for the moment, and enjoy it while you can. Yeah, but on Tom. I mean, for me, I would just be saying seize the moment. You know. Come on, I'll be, I'll be like the kind of. Come on, John, I love this. Let me. I'm just going to sit comfortable now. Come on, John. You put the pressure. I'll be saying like, listen, this is the club here. This team, this shirt, this is a new era. The fans are coming back. They want success. You go out there and give it your all. I'll back you. The whole crowd will back you. Give it your all, they'll love you and we'll be a success. Come on, show it, stand up, be counted, run to that adverse, run into adversity, go for it. If you're a professional footballer, wouldn't you just love to be part of that team right now? I mean, yeah, that's what it's, that's what it's made for. You, you're going together with a team of players who are coming together with a manager who is popular with a new chairman and a CEO who were really powerful and articulate and got a vision and an ownership who were backing you, why wouldn't you want to go out there flying out the blocks? To, so it would be just like that kind of rallying cry, come on, we can do this, wear the shirt, give it your all. You know, if we fall a little bit short, I think we'll all forgive them if if they've gone out and given their very best and scored goals. And, and entertained us so come on you blues get in there yeah my, I, need, my, I need the tissues my, emotional. Kind of <laughs> my message would be the same though it's kind of promotion or if not just make sure you do your best to at least get close because you know it's that's got to be the aim is promotion or at least playoffs you know so especially after the past two seasons we had but i think the players as well this is most of them never played in front of us before i know there's mm. the friendlies but they don't count but um you know, there's most of them. They haven't played in front of us. They've got to show us what they can do, and they've got to get it right, so that we, yeah. okay, so we can all get behind them and actually realise, you know, there's something special here, which we all, yeah. on paper, know there is, but we've actually got to see that, and they've got to go out there and, and show us that. Well, right. That's the point of excitement versus pressure, isn't it? It's like seizing the moment or yeah. falling underneath the pressure. And over the last couple of years, Segs, the players have gone on the kind of, oh, we're not quite, you know. We want these guys to go like that, don't we? Seize that moment because I think you got yeah, to. I think 
I think the past two years though, and it was partly our fault because we clapped them down. As soon as we got relegated, we all clapped them down, which in hindsight was a bad thing to do because they just got used to the mediocrity, medi- mediocrity, and just thought, okay, whatever we can do is it doesn't matter how we play, they'll clap us whatever. And I think this is a new, it is a new era now. We said that three years ago, but you know now, now the new owners are coming on these players. It's it's a time for them to actually push on and actually show us what they've got. You know, it's, it's not a time for that anymore. They've now got to start showing us, start playing, and actually give us something to get behind again because we haven't had that for the past apart from the first two three months of the first league one season where we all thought oh you know we're going to piss this league but you know it didn't turn out not to happen you know so i think mm. it's we're, we're so with the players are oh, so used yeah, to that yeah. now that now they've got to give us something to actually shout about again especially now this is our first season back you know it's we're all buzzing to get back i'm sure every fan in the country is buzzing to get back for you know for whatever reason but we're you know, this most of them haven't played in front of us before so, put your, yeah, put yourselves on the cobalt stand. This yeah. club has had no heroes for 15 years. Mm. All of you, go out on Supportman Road, look at that mural, look at the statues, and ask yourselves, yeah. do you want to be on that cobalt stand? Because you are going to get backing from these fans. Look at that team in 92 who got promotion. Get yourselves up there. Get yourselves on that. You'll be a part of Ipswich history. And we haven't had we haven't anyone doing that for Ipswich for 15, 20 years. Put you know, put yourselves firmly in Ipswich history that you'll never have a better opportunity. Wow. Dazza, um, have you had a say on it all? Uh, no, just have a go. Just have a go. I'm I'm not a particular fan of this whole millennial speak of you know, do your best, enjoy it. Just you, you need to <laughs> That, you know, they are paid to get results. So go and have a go. You know, Ipswich in the past when we've done well, we've had a go at people. We've never been a team that's been good at defending and controlling. We we had a go. We attack. Sometimes it's a bit direct, but we just have a go. And let's go and, let's go and win. Let's go and win. So, I think, we'll, um, I think yeah. we'll, go back. we'll definitely go back to the old Ipswich way, though. You know, it'll be, we'll, this is the first time I've ever felt since Joe Rule that we could outscore anyone. Yeah, yeah, it's looking that way. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, hope, hopefully, by the time we get six games, 10 games, 12 games, you know, things are clicking. We need wingers. And uh, yeah, but we've got some strike force there. So goals. But, but that will, will, doesn't matter how many you score, we'll score where the new mentality is. is you know, just, yeah. Looking, hopefully, Let's looking go. forward to seeing that again. Yeah, but don't forget, we've got Hadkey in goal and he's, he's going to keep 46 clean sheets. So. <laughs> All we need to do is score one in every game. We, we've won every game because he's he's amazing. No one's going to score past him. I'm not convinced I'll after take... that first save you made last week, but, you know. It's friendly. Oh, doesn't matter. Friendly. Doesn't, get, doesn't matter. Doesn't he's count. Get, he's no, getting his mistakes out of the way. It's just, I, I did say I don't count, didn't I? So that's fair. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Yeah. Well, um, I'm going to apologise to Dazza and Matt. We are going to scrap your questions because I feel we're getting to a point now <laughs> where we need to uh, wrap up the show. And, of course... We've got the game against Morecambe. I thought that passionate uh, just speeches from all of you just made me more buzzed for Saturday. Um, Daz's question was about, you know, which player that you've seen play for town over the lifetime would you put in the squad? But that can you be for a future. Now. You can't ask it now. I know, it's too I'm, just, late. I'm just saying that was, your, that was your question. And also a question from um, Matt Bono was this, you know, because of the Neil Warnock thing with the bum bag. Um, but we won't answer that. It's just that's just something there. That could be He's an obsessed. inside sort of joke. He's, He's obsessed, obsessed that bum bag. He is yeah, indeed. Yeah. Um, but that could be for a future show. But um, let's talk about Morecambe. Um, 
Morecambe playing in League One for the first time in their history. This will only be our third ever game against Morecambe. We've played them twice in the FA Cup. We've beaten them 3-0, 4-0. Um, now, starting 11s is going to be a big talking point going into this game. Um, I want to get your starting 11s and your prediction. Uh, and, yep, I've got, seen the papers. Um, I'm going to start with John. I think John... He's just he's just buzzing with joy. So I'm going to start with John, and then we'll go back with Sex, and then we'll just go around the circle, and then um. So yeah, starting eleven, John, annual prediction. So this is based upon people who we know are fit. So we know um, we're without uh, our new centre half. So I think the back uh, four picks itself. So it's Penny at left back, KV right, KVY at right back, Wolfie and Toto in the middle. Um, You've got Cladgy in goal, um, Harper and Evans, presumably in the centre. And then I think not many of us would probably change much of that because Edmonton's not fit. Okay, so that's probably... Piggott starts for me up front. Burns on the right. I think that's sorted. I think the only contentious ones is Fraser, Bond, Chaplin, uh so I would start Fraser in the 10 and probably start Bon on the left um, for this is game. Fraser, is Fraser going to make it? He's got a knock, isn't he? Is he going to be fit for Saturday? Not. Yeah, he's got a knock. I, I think that's all bluff. I think he's going to Do play. you? Ah, he fooled me, you see. I'm stupid. Well, it could be me being stupid, of course, which is <laughs> really conceivable. Um, I think Fraser will start in the 10 and Bon on the left. And uh, I think um, Morewood would come on um, as sub. So Chaplin just misses out, I think. But um, okay, Burns has to be on the right. You know, he, him and KVY have been, from what I've um, read and seen, obviously I haven't been any other pre-season, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, I think most of the team's nailed on. It's just, I think you've got to start Bon at this point. Um, I can't see him playing every game. Um, at home, big physical presence at home in his hometown club in front of all the fans. Big, big um, chance for him to kind of seize that opportunity. Yeah. He's, um, he's not that big, actually. Nah, he's a big presence. I mean, you know, he's not yeah. big, big, he's not like no. me. Uh, no one's like not, you, John. No one's like you. You say the they broke the mold, they broke the mold. Do you want, do you want us to leave? And you know, <laughs> Um, yeah, um, but John, what's your prediction, my friend? I can't four one, decide. four two. <laughs> I'm gonna go. No, I'm gonna go sensible. I was gonna go four one, Russ. I was gonna go four one. I'm gonna go two nil Ipswich. Two nil, professional, thorough. Not quite. In some ways, I think it'd be really sensible. It, well, let's all take the three points out, you know. But if we if we did turn it on. And score four, five, or six, it might be counterproductive for later games. So, not to get people get carried away, I think a good, solid, solid 2 0 performance would be really what the doctor ordered. So, I'm going to go for 2 0. I want four, but I'm going to go for 2 0. Fair enough. Well, um, sex takeaway, um, do you disagree, agree with John's team? Um, once again, you know, pick the team that with the players that are fit, and then also your prediction. I pretty much agree with the team. I mean, it's, you can't change too much, can you? I mean, the back the back four right itself had Haladki in goal, um, Evans and Harper in the field. Um, the only one is perhaps I know Burns is having a few fitness issues, wasn't he? So, 
recently. So um, if he does, perhaps if he's not quite fit, you could always put Chaplin there. Um, I think Bond will be on the left, and then obviously Fraser if he's if he is fit behind Piggott. Um, I think Piggott will start, and then Norwood, as John said, uh, Norwood on the bench, and that's come on. Give it, get us our fifth or sixth goal. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, um, yeah, the team sort of almost same as John's. I think um, you can't really change too much in my eyes. Um, see how it goes. It's a shame that Edmondson isn't fit because I'd like to see him in defence, and you know, he seems like a bit of a a big guy and kind of you know, I wouldn't want to wouldn't want to get in the way of him. Um, the fridge, that's his nickname yeah. apparently. The fridge. So, yeah, he's a um, unit. Yeah, he's a unit. Like, but to be fair, I, I don't want to disrespect Morecambe, but I don't think they're going to cause too much trouble for Wolford and Toto. Um, obviously, there'll be one or two issues, but um, this is the thing. Though I, we've said that the past two years, you know, the League One, League Two caliber in terms of strike force, it's, it's, it's not that great. Um, I know we've got more more contenders this year with Sheffield Wednesday coming down and Charlton and all those still here but in terms of the lower half you know this this the, the level of striking ability isn't isn't great I mean the, the, the sort of the first two or three three months under our first league one season you know we we could have quite easily been sort of drawing or losing it's just the fact that they weren't putting the goals away against us and it wasn't until we got worked out that eventually we were losing one or two nil so um I don't expect us to lose. I expect us to keep a clean sheet. Um, it's just how many we score. Because John saying, you know, it's, it's professional. You know, we're, we're going to get five or six every game. We've got, we've got that strike force now. <laughs> we're, going to we're going for the hundred goals, but no. Um, I think the fans back. You know, they want to they want to give us a performance. You know, we've we've all missed being at the game. Um, they've all they've all I'm sure missed playing in front of fans. And it's obviously their new their new club. Um, I feel like they'll give us a poor performance, and I think we'll win 3-0. 3-0, mm, another clean sheet. Um, Dazza, over to you. Once again, I'm sure you're going to echo the team. And um, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, I mean, the back four and the holding two, Evans and Harper, that's, I think, they're pretty much nailed on for quite a while, I would imagine. Um, Westburn's on the right. I mean, him and KVY, I think, outside of the Premier League, you're going to do well to find a better combination than that, even in the championship. So they're just, you know, they're just frightening. Defenders are not going to want to play against them. And KVY looks absolutely at it. He's overlapping, taking people on, those big step overs that he does, you know. So them two are going to rip teams apart. Um, for me, the, the remainders, I'm going with uh, Piggott and Norwood um, up front and Dobra. On the left, um, we haven't seen a lot of bomb in wide positions. He's only ever played through the middle, so I don't, I can't see suddenly Bond's gonna gonna play out wide. And Dobras obviously did, uh, you know, was probably man of the match at, at Colu. Um, Chaplin, we don't know what his fitness is, but that's just go with he's not ready yet and he's not going to be rushed. So yeah, that's I'm going to say Dobra, Dobra Burns, Piggott, and Norwood. They're going to be, and it's going to be one nil. First clean sheet out of the 46 for Halki. And um, Wes Burns is going to cross it. Piggins is going to head it. Keeper's going to save it. Norwood's going to go in, studs up, push it over the line. 1 0. Mm. That's how I see it. Yeah. yeah. I'll, take, yeah. I'll take that. Take that, yeah. But Morecambe, um, just, just to, sorry, just 20 more seconds. Morecambe have made 15 signings. 
and they've let 11 go. So they're not, they haven't come up with a settled team and they're all having a go. Basically, every player they've lost, <laughs> they're just starting again. So then, you know, they've, uh, they've got not a different manager as well. <laughs> different man. Yeah, they're not carrying the momentum from last season, getting promoted. They're a brand new team and we've got better players than them. So we should win. Only one by one nil. But that's your choice. That's your choice. I'm not, it's, you know, a I'm not it's a win. 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 Um, well, Bainsey, um, 2 0, 3 0, 1 0. Uh, what are you going for? And um, any other changes in the starting 11? Mine is pretty much a carbon copy of of, uh, of Darren's. I think Dobra's got something to offer as well, I think, as well. He's he's fought for his place. He stuck his hand up. He said he wanted to be involved. I think that speaks volumes. And I think he's been with the club so long, opening day with everything going on. It could give him that extra. Uh, extra five or ten percent, so I agree. Dobber on the left, and the only other change for me would be Macaulay Bon as a as a ten. I think again, Chantry boy, local lad. It, this could be, you know, a, a fantastic, you know, proper debut game for him, um, and I think it will make a real impact. Um, but it could easily be Norwood. Norwood could play ten. You know, Cooks alludes to the fact that he might have two strikers. It, it could be him. You know, it's, it's a nice debate to have, but. Yeah, on scoreline, 3-0 for me. I'm gutted it's not Derek Adams because I was looking to wipe in the smile off his very smug and harrowing <laughs> his county. But yeah, 3-0. I think it'll be reasonably comfortable. Six. Just add it. I think it'd be a bit silly not to start Bond, to be honest. I mean, local boy, the crowd would be buzzing for it. I know I keep saying it, but the crowd would be buzzing because we're all back and be his debut for his hometown club. I mean, it's, I think it'd be a bit silly not to not to play him. I think he'd be well up for it. I'd like to think he would be anyway. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he will be. And I'm sure he'll have loads of family and friends in that ground. Um, well, Dan, take um, the floor to finish off this monster of a podcast. It's been a pleasure, lads. Um, I'm sure you're going to echo the starting 11 or are you going to chuck in a, a random player um, and your prediction? Um, from what I saw... My Wild card. Thought... That is the word I was thinking of. Wild card. There you Wild go. card, yeah. Well, from what I saw last week and what Cook was doing and trying out, Piggott played behind Bomb. So Piggott was dropping short and actually Bomb was leading the line. I my probably wild card, although Darren has said it, I would, psychological reasons, I'd start with Norwood as give him the main man's job up front, see how he goes with that. And play Piggott slightly off him. Um, and have Bon on the bench. And because um, they're all, all three of them will be itching to come on in front of 19,000 fans. So it's going to be a psychological game, that one. But I go in Norwood and play Piggott just behind him. And on the left, think, uh, I don't think Connor Chaplin's going to be fit. So I'd start with Dobra on the left. Um, and uh, I think Chop Chaplin's going to be our signing of the season. I can't believe we've signed Connor Chaplin. Can't believe we've got him. Fantastic signing, really is. Well chuffed for that. Might have to give him a bit of time. Scoreline, um, it's going to be a bit nervy. I think we'll win 2-1. Ooh, goal yeah, but... conceded. That, sorry, oh, Dazza. I can't, I can't <laughs> see the way we attack and play and the way the crowd will earn us, urge us on. We're going to leave a few gaps, and I don't think Toto and Wolfie will, will be. They're good players, but I, I think we'll give up a few chances. 
Um, and I think... Um, but it doesn't matter. We've got Kladke in goal. He will yeah. save everything. Honestly. I know, Just mate. But I did see him last me. week as well. <laughs> friendly. But, yeah, it's friendly. It's friendly. He, he looks an upgrade, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, he does. He's, he's he, awesome. Um, I love him. But uh, yeah, it, you know, bring it on. Two one. Let's just get a win. Let's just get a yeah. win. I can't, I can't say it's conceding. I know we did like three last week. But that was against a, a team that was settled in the championship for however long. We're against a team who has just got together and you know get, getting to know each other. Whereas this time, as Darren said, fifteen new signings for Morecambe. You know, I, I might need to up my, my scoreline, maybe four or five. <laughs> no, yeah. I'll give it a three. I'll keep, I'll keep it down. Three. Okay, then. Well, 2-0, 3-0, 1-0, 3-0, and a 2-1 prediction. Um, well, lads, it's been a pleasure. What a show it's been. Segs, Dazza, Bainsey, Johnny Watson, and Dan, thank you very much for joining me. Hope everybody at home have been enjoying listening on your walk, on your runs, on your drive. Even if you're, you're listening to this on your drive to the game on Saturday, um, enjoy your day um, being back at Bourne Road I know everyone is going to have a great day hopefully the weather is going to be nice and uh, we'll be back next week for some more great podcasts from the main pod to the fan social and look out for game day as well on Saturday you'll see some familiar faces on that as always uh, make sure to follow us on Kings of Anglia on all the socials and uh, yeah enjoy it bring it on from true crime to football, Brexit to Oakville. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon. Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel.